people need ordering principles. Twelve rules. Hello and welcome to Twelve Rules to What. Just Alex today. Um, I went to do an interview with Reading Red Corner, which is a grassroots red gym and martial arts club based in Reading. Uh, that runs weekly sessions and involved in other solidarity projects in and around Reading. Um, I think it's I think it was really important to go and interview these guys because although they're not like an explicitly anti-fascist project, and in fact they're not at all, um, they are against fascism and racism, and they're you know they're working solidarity with working class communities, queer and trans communities communities of colour and immigrant communities. Um, and in the current kind of political environment we find ourselves in, in which, you know, Brexit happened at the time of recording a couple of days ago. The Tories are in power for the next five years at least. Um, there's a clearly like a need, I feel, on the left to kind of return towards grassroots projects and building community power, rebuilding that kind of grassroots base that the left seems to not have at the moment. And I think things like Red Gyms are very much a part of that project. There's a growing network of, of Red Gyms around the country. Um, there were a few mentioned in the interview, specifically Left Hook in Brighton. There's one in Bristol. And also there's a, there's a fight club in Leeds as well. It's a great way to build spaces that aren't, don't revolve around drinking particularly as well, which is obviously a problem in many left spaces. Not that there's a problem with drink necessarily, but you know, healthy to have those spaces. If you ever feel like you want to start a red gym or get involved in a red gym near you, you can contact their Facebook page, which is Reading Red Corner. They will probably get back to you, hopefully get back to you. You can follow us on Twitter, at 12 Rules For What. You can uh, give money to us on Patreon if you want. Uh, Patreon.com slash 12 Rules For What. Now, Reading Red Corner. So now I'm going by Hick um, from Reading Red Corner, which is, um, uh, I guess, one of the premier um, I'm not a guest. He's one of the premier red gyms in the UK. Um, how are you? I'm not too bad, thanks. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Um, uh, if you're listening, um, this might sound a bit different because we're actually, this is our first like kind of in the field remote <laughs> interview. Um, I came to Reading, surprise, Ooh, surprise for this. Exotic Exotic location. location. Um, and you know, it's basically just the same as any other place. It's got a Greg's. I had, a, I had a vegan sausage roll, it was good. Oh, they have steak bakes now. I know, I haven't tried one yet. I They're would... really good. Okay, okay, maybe on the way back I'll have a vegan steak bake. Um, so I guess, starting out, um, how long ago was Reading Red Corner founded and I guess um, what is its kind of main mission or what is it, what is it trying to do, basically? Sure, so we were founded two years ago this week, actually. So happy birthday to us. Um, so the way we were formed is that a few of us were training and competing in K1 and Muay Thai anyway. And we were all on the left doing loads of different like kinds of activity. And we thought, why don't we formalize this into a red gym? Because the other co-founder is actually an immigrant from Europe. And a lot of our club is made up of immigrants as well. And red gyms have a really strong tradition across Europe as it is. So it just became like a natural kind of transition for us into turning our training and our solidarity and our working together into something more community focused. So what's important to us as Reading Red Corner, and I guess what makes us a little bit unique, is that we're really focused on community engagement in a really tangible sense. So uh, 
once or twice a month actually sometimes even more we volunteer with a muslim women-led kitchen and we provide food for vulnerable and lonely and homeless people and that's just a really grassroots thing once a month we don't accept any subs it's just only food bank donations and that's like another tangible way but also once we're you know when we're all stretching and we're all just hanging out everyone goes around and talks about the different demos and stuff they have coming up so you have everything from like the hunt sabs to all kinds of other solidarity actions and things and for some people it's like a way to like network get to know each other and build confidence as well so yeah say so that's a little summary of what we're about and if i was to go to like a typical reading red corner uh, training session or session uh, what what kind of things do you do and how does that differ from i guess more conventional commercial martial arts clubs and gyms ah that's a good question so like one thing that we do to kind of break the ice and make it very accessible is to do like a lot of games and like take the edge off and not make it so serious and competitive and macho and because it's led uh, a lot by myself as a woman and a, like a brown woman it's good because the power dynamics are very different mm, i'd say 99% of gyms in the uk mainstream gyms are run by like angry white guys no just no white guys generally i guess that anger probably helps and <laughs> so that already changes the power dynamic quite a lot so we're quite vigilant of things like we'll go out of our way to really make sure that women non-binary trans and like gender non-conforming people are super platforms you'll get extra time extra attention and time to like adapt adjust and to train because the world is very much built for gender conforming dudes so it's very easy for them to just navigate between mainstream gyms as it is so i'd say that's one of the things we also split the club by like intermediate and beginner mm-hmm. and advanced so everyone will do the first bit together but you'll stay for an extra 40 minutes half an hour at the end to do hard sparring for the more advanced people because our ethos is kind of like make it easy enough so it's accessible but hard enough so that competition level fighters come back mm-hmm. and i think that really works for us that's cool yeah and especially i've often found in like when i've been to like martial arts stuff there's always those guys who hit a little too hard in sparring yeah. or like just take it incredibly seriously um and don't, too many monster energy drinks i don't understand that like practice means you don't like go 100% <laughs> yeah yeah um so that's that's really nice to hear um Are there other red gyms in the country and um yeah who are your like, kind of best red gym friends? Our besties, yeah. our besties on the circuit. So there's quite a few red gyms in the UK now actually. They're like really cropping up. Uh, I did awesome. see there was a Arkham Freedom you did a, a while ago which was like announcing like a red gym thing. Yeah, there is a red gym thing. So there's tournaments and there's other kinds of stuff like that actually, but um I'd say the gyms were closest to I guess we align best politically is a would be Bristol, Brighton and Leeds. So that's left hook. Yeah, Brighton left Brighton. hook and Brighton they're awesome. Uh Leeds Fight Club, they're really great and they're actually doing like I think boxing intermediates and beginner sessions right now, so you should great. check it out. And Bristol FTP who've been training for actually ages, but they've just gone official. We encouraged them to brand themselves and <laughs> they did it and it's awesome so Yeah, they actually had a tournament in November, which was fantastic. It was an inter-club non-decision tournament and it was super, What do you mean non-decision? I'm um, sorry. So like a non-decision is 
it's actually really cool because you can be a bit more freestyle with the weight and experience matchups because no one's going to win. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to go like 100%, I have to win this fight. Everyone can have a bit more of a good time. Right. It's really good experience. It's still terrifying for most people and it's like really nerve-wracking and it's like, you know, it's still fighting. But um, yeah, it definitely takes the edge off. So they had their tournament in November and I think we took up... 12 or 16 16 people actually so that was really fantastic great um you kind of mentioned like uh they align politically what is like the main like kind of political i guess alignments because i mean red gyms in the name they're on Mm -hmm. on, they're on the left because it's like a red gym but it's a crucial part of like uh like policy policy the policy of red gym uh is that we have very strong views on gender politics and we absolutely do not accept turfs or turf behavior uh and we, it's a complete like no-go there's no debate for us on that as a topic and we will never accept it to be because it's just a there's just no debate <laughs> for us there's no like a wiggle room on that so i'd say that's why we align very well with those gyms that i named because we all agree with that and it's all something we all agree with to the point that if we're having a tournament together, if we're doing a seminar together, it's never going to be like weird, shady, you have to be on high alert that someone's going to be a massive fucking transphobe or something. Like you can all kind of crack on and have genuine solidarity with what you're doing. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'll, also this podcast is uh, very anti-turf as well, I would like to make that clear. Actually, I don't know why I have to do that, but... Uh... <laughs> Actually, it's worrying nowadays that you do have to say that, right? Because probably, it should like, be a standard. There probably are like, literally some listeners who are transphobes. Cause, cause Stop listening. Stop, done. Stop it. <laughs> Log off. Um, okay, so um, I guess the last decade and going into the 2020s has been kind of dominated by the Conservative Party and a lot of kind of racist, I, would, I mean, I think a rising kind of racist sentiments like partially around Brexit, but also like racism is like embedded in this country, obviously. Um, sure. And I wondered, you mentioned in the start that you, that you had like a, a immigrants, a lot of immigrants uh, mm-hmm. attending classes. And I wondered how that plays into the kind of like left solidarity politics as well in this kind of, you know, we, we're living in a time where we've got almost five more years of, of Tory rule and how that kind of environment, which is, you know, changing all the time and quite scary how does that play into what the gym does sure i'd say it's a few things like one of the basic things is that it's important to us that people are empowered to at least just have the confidence in taking and giving a hit which is just the 101 you don't need to do a fancy spinning back kick but it's really comforting i imagine to know that you can take and give if, if you were really pushed into that corner which is a horrible reality for so many people right now including myself um, the other part is, I think, that for a lot of immigrants and a lot of like uh, people of colour and stuff, it's quite an isolating time. So it's really good that you can come somewhere where everyone's kind of friends, you get to know each other, you goof around a bit, and you have a bit of a support network. Um, thirdly, I'd say we have an open invitation, obviously, for free training, personal training, anything that is required from Reading Refugee Support Group, and that's for any refugees who'd like to join. Uh, so we did a fundraising barbecue for them last week, last week, last year, and we'll do it again this year, which is going to be super cool, and everyone should come, and that'll be in July. Um, so it's those kinds of uh, ways that we kind of address the heightened shady racism of the UK. So I'm, I'm interested in the um, 
it mentioned you compete and mm-hmm. it's, it's like a I guess a, like a, a large you're trying to aim for like a large skill range in people which is kind of unique because usually if you've got a, a class or a gym it's like there's an advanced class there's an intermediate class and it's, mm-hmm. I think it's quite empowering for everyone to be training together yeah. um could you just speak more to the kind of competition like the more advanced aspects because I think basic basic martial arts is really great and really important everyone should be like doing it but also that extra level is is, is part of the club as well sure I'd say one of the big benefits of having the mix at the beginning is you'll often see because of the kind of culture we have uh, a lot of the advanced folks really go out of their way to help newbies and people who are really beginners and that's super super nice like really breaking things down you get like real one-on-one attention and then when you move to the advanced class it's um you know they get to have hard techniques more advanced stuff and things like that um, Competition-wise, it's really cool because the solidarity really... So when I compete personally, so all of the teachers compete. They all fight full contact. And when I do, it's really cool because obviously I train also from a mainstream gym because Reading Red Corner is once a month. And if I'm just training with people at my level, I'm really not going to learn anything. So we have to push and push and push and expand. And it's good to have the crossover as well. You really can recruit from the mainstream gym, which we do, which is fantastic. And there's a good symbiotic relationship between the two for us actually um it's really good because if i'm in fight camp and which is grim obviously it's nice to come to reading red corner oh oh my god fight camp is just like (laughs) it sounds awful it's (laughs) it's like no you can't eat anything delicious yes you have to run all the time (laughs) it's basically that for six weeks just before a full contact fight, it's just... Uh, Amazing. Oh, yeah, so cool. And <laughs> basically, it's really intense, obviously. So when you get to come to Red Corner and everyone is just chill and you can goof around, but all the teachers are like, oh, do you want to do extra pad work? Do you want to, like, chip off early and go do a run around the park? Like, do you need anything? It's that support network that really pushes people as fighters too. Because the mental health aspect of fighting and of both ways, like people who are just coming into it, it's good for helping people mental health wise. And also the mental energy that goes into competing is like super gnarly sometimes. So it's really great to have that kind of base and like support group network that we have. And while all of us compete, we actually will compete in different uh, styles, which is kind of cool. Mm. So we learn from each other in a really weird way. So I do Thai, another trainer does Western boxing, and then and the co-founder does K1. So yeah, it's, it's good in that way. And I, I guess I don't, I don't compete at, that, at like a, a level. I mean, I, I've been involved in various gym stuff and you know, I know how to throw a punch because I, that's the first thing you learn when you do a class like that, <laughs> yeah. is like how to like... But how is it like, um, you mentioned like doing fight camp and training and doing competing fights and how does, uh, how has that kind of changed? Uh, I don't really know how to put it, so how has it changed how you like live? I guess is, is it's an interesting one when you, um, when you kind of like put yourself to that kind of uh, regimen and like... It's, it's, uh, the good thing about the red gyms and the competing and this kind of level or even, you know, just the inter-club level, which in itself is, you know, a huge hmm. achievement is we've moved away from a lot of... So a lot of the lefty scene, five years ago, I'd say, was a lot of, like, punk gigs and patches and binge drinking for a lot of people. It was quite insular. It was, like, really, like, that focused, right? 
But when you're, you know that if you're hungover the next day and you have to spar, it's going to be like fucking grody. And if you take a teep to the stomach, you might throw up. People drink less, they party less. And we're not party poopers. We have people who are straight edge. We have people who party all the time. Like it's nothing, but it's more encouraging a culture of like looking after yourself a bit, you know, in that kind of way, a health sense. So that kind of regimen that you're mentioning, it kind of feeds into that kind of culture change. Yeah. Does that make sense? That, that does. And there's also this, I, I also identified this thing on the left like a few a few years ago where mm-hmm. a lot of it revolved around um, drinking, basically, <laughs> just going to the pub after meetings or uh, just going to parties and raves or whatever and just mm-hmm. doing horrible things to your body. And <laughs> there's Tell been us a real, more. <laughs> <laughs> there's been like a real conscious... Uh, move in the last few years to like develop activities and activisms that are not focused around that and that I think that's really healthy and good yeah I, I totally agree I think it's also more inclusive like a lot of us give lip service to engaging with the community and it's like how many of the community think want to come to a f- crusty punk noise gig like I don't want to do that I mean I don't want to power off because like a lot of our attendees do I'm not gonna <laughs> like, it is what it is but yeah, and also, I guess if you're speaking to, like, uh, if you want to be uh, doing your activism in solidarity with communities of colour and stuff, like, yeah. you know, drinking isn't central to other cultures, yeah. and that's a really important thing. Like, you can't, if someone's, like, for example, a practising Muslim, you don't want to be inviting them to the pub. Really. Yeah, exactly. And families and, like, young people. Like, we actually have quite a lot of oh, people, 16, 17 years old, and we have people going up to, like, 50, 55. So the age range as well, as time goes on, like, I mean, I was drinking at like 14, which is not something I would encourage other people. But these are good kids. These are wholesome kids. And they're not getting wrecked all the time. And so, yeah, it makes it way more accessible. If people don't have a regular in their city or it's not very easy for them to get to one, uh-huh. what would you recommend them doing? Would you recommend going to a mainstream gym? How do you think, how do you like kind of, what's like the baby's first steps to getting to a red gym? I would say... I mean, option one is to go into your local mainstream gym with a Nazi hunter t-shirt and see if anyone compliments it. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so for us, we have really good connections with groups like Plan C, with Reading TUC, with the IWW, and all these other kinds of groups with the SABs, with the anti-fascist groups, and with all of these kinds of like different people and groups. And once you engage with them all, you can see like more and more people have done some training in the past or maybe they're doing a little bit and if you can get like-minded people to just make the consistent core of the teachers the trainers and you don't have to be like Bukal or someone to be that's like a famous k1 (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to be Bukal to like run a gym it could just be that you all do fitness together like go for runs together it's just that kind of basis and as long as you're super consistent because that happens with so many political movements that people do it for a bit, there's a bit of burnout and this. If you can really make sure every week, whether it's four people or 25, you're there, it will really blossom from there. And just really reach out to people and engage. And I think that's how you'll successfully start a gym. Just find other people in all these other local movements. Um, that's really useful. And obviously it's a good place to get funding and things like that. Yeah, um, exactly. I think it, maybe we should kind of emphasize that you also don't need like a don't necessarily need a venue yeah. like especially in the summer I mean in the winter it's a bit more tragic if you're training in the rain but you know I've often like with my friends in the summer we've, we've got some boxing gear and just gone down to the park and mm-hmm. run around and and 
did some very light sparring and stuff and that's also incredibly useful I think as well because Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good point I think training outside just making the most of like what resources you have you don't need to have like a super fancy dojo with padded floors as long as you have a space that's clean and in the winter warm or outdoors in the summer like you'll be good you'll be set and other tips I would suggest would be reach out to existing red gyms because a lot of them a lot of us, I should say, are like willing and happy to travel. And you can kind of, so we nick a lot of our format from other gyms, obviously. Mainstream gyms, seminars, when we train in France, when we trained even in Thailand, we steal so much, like steal away. And I think actually end of February, we're going up to this new gym that's starting off in Birmingham. I think it's mostly run by Plan C Birmingham members, as far as uh, we've uh, spoken to them. And we'll be leading a class there and it will help them and it will help us. Like we're going to learn from them, but it's also going to show them how we format things. And maybe they can pick and choose and be like, okay, that really works. That was super accessible and stuff like that. So yeah, reach out to Red Gyms. Great. Um, I had one more question, I guess, and it's... um... I guess about around disability um, and I wondered um, other people with um, kind of uh, other less able people in 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 your gym and how do you kind of make accommodations around that especially with like gym safety and stuff mm-hmm. I think it's really important um, I wondered if Sure. So we do, we have, um, we have people of lots of different abilities and stuff, lots of different mobility, I'd say mm-hmm. is one of the big things. Um, we had someone who started last week who has a condition which results in hyperextension of their joints and we had like a really kind of chat about that and it was really good and because we have that kind of healthy atmosphere where you are encouraged to talk to us about that you don't just put on a bro face or whatever and then like seriously hurt yourself it helps and every time we say do 10 of this or 5 of this like it's always a guide and everyone right. knows it's a guide and you just do the best you can do we even encourage like don't look at what someone else is doing during exercise it's none of your business like mm-hmm. you do what you can do and what's best for you and then we can tailor stuff and we stay in contact with people like one of our members he's uh, got a little bit of a hip injury so we're messaging them about like different kinds of plans different things they can do they maybe they can focus on western boxing for a bit so yeah, I'd say we're pretty interactive in that sense and accommodating. Yeah, I think that's what's often put me off going, keeping sticking with the class is like someone says do 50 push-ups and I can yeah. barely do 10, yeah. even now because I'm quite a heavy person and it's like, you just feel like shit when you, you when people are like waiting for you to finish or whatever, it's just a, it's a kind of an awful feeling. But it's yeah. a horrible atmosphere. It's, it's exactly what it shouldn't be on a left gym. Like, so we've been to gyms all around like Europe as well, like red gyms. So, you know, Sweden, Berlin, all these kinds of places. And uh, there was one gym, I won't say where, but like they were doing like, it was like an advanced class at a normal gym. For us, okay, cool. It was fun. It was great. It was fruitful. But I was thinking no one from like, who would just walk in here would feel like, yeah, sick, 50 burpees, good. I can do that. I'm definitely going to come back next week. i like, yeah. why would you? Like, yeah. you can't just start at 100 and expect everyone to join. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, thanks very much for letting me come and talk to you about um, the club. Um, where can people find you if um, they want to get involved or um, they're in Reading and they want to come to a class? How can they contact you? What's the social media? You can find us wherever there is an injustice. In no, you can find us on <laughs> Facebook. So we have a pretty active Facebook. We should get an Instagram because it's 2020. Like, Jesus. Yeah, but we'll sort that out. What about TikTok? <laughs> TikTok. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> Maybe it could be. Um, but right now we have Facebook. So like, if you just message us to get involved, if you want us to come to your city and to show you some stuff, if you just want to hang out and talk, just get in touch like on Facebook for now. Great. Thank yeah. you. Cool. Look out for the TikTok. So now I'm joined by uh, Kieran and Splodger, who are um, members of the club. And uh, just going to talk about a bit, of their, like, a bit about their experiences and I guess, yeah, how they interact with the club. So I guess, Kieran, first, um, when did you start going to the gym and, and what do you kind of, what do you get out of it most? Uh, so I started going two years. I was at the first um, session that they did. Oh, wow. OK. And, <laughs> um, but I didn't really know them at all at that point. Um, and I guess sort of one of the main things I've noticed that I've got from it is, uh, is a certain amount of self-confidence. But yeah, I tend to be quite a, sort of a little bit of a nervous person sometimes. And um, when it uh, and even though I'm not like really small, sometimes I feel quite small. And um, so uh, just having a certain amount of experience of sort of fighting people inspiring and um, all of that kind of things and knowing that my fitness level has increased as well um, I yeah I find that sort of really helps in, um, in my self-confidence um, but yeah in, in general um, did you um, go to any gyms before was that something you did before Reading Red kind of started or is this something that you've taken up now the club is going so it's something that I suppose I had tried out for quite a bit, like when I was a child. So when I was like 11 or 12, I yeah. did judo. And then when I was a teenager, I did karate, which I hated. And then I tried I like... hated karate too. <laughs> Horrible. And, and then, yeah, more recently, actually, yeah, in Reading, because I, I only moved to Reading sort of in the past few years. Um, I went to one intro class of Krav Maga and it was terrifying. Um, <laughs> and the class was almost entirely male um, and yeah while I present as male I'm transgender and I um, sort of then I'm non-binary and I so I, I feel like my sort of personal how I feel myself doesn't necessarily match up to what someone would expect me to be sometimes um, and so like someone might go in sort of full contact and I'm like I'm yeah I can't really quite deal with this <laughs> um, so uh, but yeah, with Red Corner, it's like, it, yeah, it's definitely the thing that I've stuck out for the longest because I've been going for two years and tend to be fairly regular as well. I try and make every week. Um, uh, and yeah, so it, it really shows like the different kind of atmosphere there. Um, it makes me want to go actively. How do you distinguish between like a, like a macho way of doing um, combat? sports or fighting and like a, a non-macho way because there's often a, I often find it difficult to like uh, get my language away from like kind of macho conceptions of stuff because like fighting and I guess violence in like a kind of sporting way is often tied up in that kind of thing and I wonder how how do you break away from that kind of that that kind of conception of of uh, martial arts? Um, well I suppose sort of it's not it's not like we're at anti-competition. Like, I feel like people are all trying to be the best they can, and that does sort of mean a certain amount of competitiveness, but it's not a mean-spirited kind of way. It's not like, I'm going to win and I'm going to beat you down. It's like, we're both going to do as good as we can. And um, so I guess it's more like there's competition, but it's 
it's really good natured. Um, I yeah. guess it's also like, a, a, at least for me, there's a difference between competition when you're actually competing in a match, and then there's mm. competition when you're practicing and learning. And there's often, oftentimes, I've found in these kind of more conventional gyms, people see competition throughout, and like they're trying to just like dominate you when you're like light sparring or even just practicing some kind of like a hook or something, and you just like, dude, like, <laughs> uh, you know, mm. we're not actually fighting right now. You realize that? I think that's the. And and I think also like. I, yeah, I don't want it to make it sound like Ray Corner's really soft or something. Like, when we finish <laughs> sessions, I feel knackered. Yeah, like, so. we go properly hard and we do the best we can. It's just that we do it in a way that isn't, like, um, a, a really sort of selfish, like, um, aggressive way, I guess. And I, yeah. I guess a question to both of you. Um, I, I guess all the basic stuff is, like, how to kick, how to, like, defend yourself. Yeah. Um, how has that changed the way does has that changed the way you kind of uh, live or like interact with people or strangers or whatever and and yeah how is that how is that has that had any impact on on you or? um uh yeah uh, like yeah I I feel like my self confidence has improved a lot um and like. It's a bit weird, really, because so like going back to like the trans thing, like when I was growing up, I used to get a lot of like street harassment and stuff and I don't get it anymore now. But I still have that kind of thing in the back of my head that's like just a little bit paranoid, like mm. sometimes. Um, and I feel like it has helped with that. Like if I'm walking down the street, I don't feel that um, kind of fear as much as I used to. Um, but um, it's. Yeah, but it's one of those things that like changes over time as well. So, yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, and I think yeah, the fitness element as well because we do a lot of cardio and stuff, and so I I think um, that's really helped me sort of improve my fitness in general. Like, but that's sort of part of my entire life as mm-hmm. well. Um, yeah, but it's nice to kind of fit that in in more places in my life as well the whole reason that I first started to go was because I really wanted to uh, increase my uh, fitness and my ability to like um, defend myself if I needed to um, just because I'd well I'd recently just started going um, hunt sabbing so and I'm sure you know that Hunters famously love the hunt subs. That's <laughs> um, yeah. So and now that I've been going for like over a year, I feel more confident, like out in the field, and that if anything did kick off, that I would be okay. And um, yeah, I think yeah. It's, and I think in general, like just being like walking around and in this like having more confidence to walk around at night I guess mm. which yeah is, I guess that's just, I don't know if that's a silly thing to say but yeah no I, I mean <laughs> I don't think it's silly and there's also like a lot of I guess a lot of left activity involves um like being able to like I don't know like run away or like yeah. dodge someone when they're going for you it's like if you're on a protest and the police try and grab you it's good to know how to dodge out the way of that when you're hunt stabbing it's good to like know how to block a punch from an angry uh, I don't know what they're called I don't know anything about hunting oh, hunt supporters hunt supporters yeah. yes. <laughs> it's the yeah. plebs who, uh, who like the hunt, hunters I don't know how it works it's 
Yeah, the ones that just follow them around in their cars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we just like to call them scum. Scum. Lots of scum. Twelve rules. <laughs>